something that I'm quite proud of is that I've been able to always be like, no, this is the core who I am. And no matter what I try, I just always, I experiment and then I shed it. I shed that thing. I'm like, you know what? That's not serving me. That's not, that's not right. Nope. Don't do that. You know, I don't completely like sell out into this other thing because I just, I continue to feel like it's something's not right for me. So I listen to my intuition. Welcome to the Seeds of Growth podcast. My name is Pumehana Palmer. I'm a mindset and growth coach to new real estate agents, small business owners, and high achieving female entrepreneurs. I believe that true success happens from the inside out, and I'm on a mission to plant seeds of growth and transformation, one powerful conversation at a time. Each week, I'll bring you a solo episode, interview, or coaching experience with business owners just like you to help you shift your perspective, elevate your beliefs, and build a business that inspires you. Now let's dive into today's episode. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of Seeds of Growth. I am your host, Pumehana Palmer. I am super stoked for the conversation that I am going to be sharing with you today. I have my good friend, Juliette Laluel, back again. If you guys didn't hear our episode before, it was, I think it was episode two and three that we got really raw and vulnerable about imposter syndrome and what it looks like to authentically break into a new industry and new ventures in our life. So I am so excited to have Juliet back on the show. Juliet, for the people and for the audience who isn't familiar with you, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, what you love? Yeah. So thank you so much for having me back. I love having conversations with you out in the real world. So it's really nice that we have the opportunity to sit down like this. But yeah, my name is Juliet Laluel. I am a realtor in the state of Hawaii and also Colorado. And I am the founder of Heavy Realty. And I can explain that a bit more um, as we go. But basically, that is only my occupation. Who else am I? You know, I'm somebody that's constantly trying to figure out my direction in life. I feel like I have, you know, purpose, but I'm always trying to fine tune where it is that I want to go. So um, I'm continuing my path right now, presently, as we speak, you know, I have kind of an idea of where I want to go as far as being a real estate investor. And I am a lifelong entrepreneur. Before I did real estate, I owned my own business. I had a bicycle company. And before that, I come from, you know, the world of hospitality and stuff like that. So I really understand what it's like to be around people and trying to navigate myself through them and just kind of, you know, find my way as I continue this life. So that's a little bit about who I am. Thank you so much for sharing that. I I really appreciate that you made that note that you are constantly, you're constantly course correcting because I think a lot of us have this, we're going through life. And that's also, you know, the audience, the people who listen to seeds of growth, because we are constantly, everything that we do, we are planting seeds of growth and transformation in our life. And, you know, I do, I get kind of tired of, of these people who are like, oh, I had this goal and I just stuck to it and come what may, and I'm just going to stick to it. And that's not what life is, right? It's the constant ups and downs, peaks and valleys, and really rediscovering and learning who we are and how we want to show up, which actually perfectly leads me to the topic that we want to talk about today. I've noticed that there's this recurring theme in 
personal growth, transformation, and, and kind of the, the world of other people's opinions. And we constantly hear this, live your life and you do you, boo-boo, and shine your light and fuck the haters. But as we are, we are in a service-based industry and and just as entrepreneurs, we either offer products or services to our clients and their perception is very, very important. And again, in the real estate industry, but I've noticed that you so beautifully dance with this. There's this beautiful balance that you come to the world with of you know, being mindful of other people's opinions and at the same time being totally and authentically yourself. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting because I find like I've always found myself in jobs that really the positions that I've worked, it really matters a lot how you show up, how you appear, how you present yourself. A lot of jobs are like this, but some are not. Some people are really lucky where they can be behind the scenes. Nobody knows even what they look like or something like that. I have always found a way to be the center stage with certain occupations that I've had. And can't tell you really why that is, but you know, really looking back and back, back, even as a child, I have been, it kind of was a blessing and a curse. I see it now as a blessing. Uh, some days it's a curse, but caring what people think. And one can take that very negatively. Like, oh, I really care what these people think of me. You know, my, my appearance, you know, how cool am I? All of those things when you're a child, right? I think that maybe I became very sensitive to this at a young age due to, you know, if we want to talk about like childhood traumas, maybe, but I really think this is where it kind of came from is, you know, my mother left uh, at a young age when I was seven. And that I think for children leaves a big, you know, what's wrong with me? Something's wrong with me. You go kind of inward with what did, why did they do that? You know? And I think at a young age, I found myself being a people pleaser Um, I cared a lot about trying to fit in. And I also grew up in a place, I grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah. And uh, there's a very interesting culture that's there that my family was not a part of. And so I find, I felt like I was always a black sheep with my family makeup. My father is a very unique person and he raised me by himself and in a neighborhood where I didn't, we didn't really fit in. And I was always kind of trying to figure out how to make friends. I didn't have very close friends at a young age. And I was just always on this, like feeling like I didn't fit in, even though I was so in tune with what I liked, like as a kid, I knew that I liked all this nerdy stuff. I like comic books. I like this and that, I like this type of music and all of these things. And I dress this way and whatever. I always knew the things that I liked. And I found that the things that I liked were not well liked by those around me. And so I kind of did, as we talk about this dance, I did this dance with that. I was constantly like, well, this is who I am. These are the things that I love. Like, why don't you like these things? Or why is it so strange that I'm into this type of obtuse thing or whatever? And then I found myself as I was getting older, trying to fit in and kind of try mask some of these qualities of mine. But I found in retrospect, looking at this, like I never really ever gave up on my true self. I was still always like, okay, well, these are the things I like. This is who I am on the inside. I'm just going to maybe cover this with these people and, you know, try to you know, play this boundary with them because out of respect or whatever to try to get them to like me. And honestly, that can be a negative thing, which we can always talk about is, you know, trying to change yourself for other people, which I certainly did at certain points in my life. 
But I've found that every time I changed myself for others, I would recognize it and I would just be like, you know what? That's not working. I hate how this feels. And I've done that time and time again. And in a sense, in a way, doing those almost exercises of having those experiences of like shape shifting in a way has helped me in my professional life because I feel like we in sales, in business, we need to kind of match energies with whomever it is that we're dealing with. And we may not always be exactly like this person, but it's helpful for them to relate to us in this way. So I kind of feel like, you know, through my childhood experiences, it's kind of helped me in my work experiences to kind of play some of these parts. And I don't mean, you know, being disingenuine. It's just sometimes you've got to, you know, put yourself together in a certain way to get business done. You know, there's certain things that I need to not have all upfront about myself with certain people in, upon first meeting. And it has been kind of an interesting thing to try to figure out how much can I be my true self while at the same time conveying to this person that they should hire me or that I should be, you know, that I'm, I'm capable of working for them, that I'm intelligent enough, that I'm smart enough, you know, all of those things. And I think, I think the main anchor in my life has just been understanding and really liking at the core who I am, even though there's been times where I felt like I hated myself because I felt like I was so different. I didn't belong. You know, it became kind of a burden at certain times. But as I've gotten older, it's really proven to be something that I'm quite proud of is that I've been able to always be like, nope, like this is the core who I am. And no matter what I try, I just always, I experiment and then I shed it. I shed that thing. I'm like, you know what? That's not serving me. That's not, that's not right. Nope. Don't do that. You know, I don't completely like sell out into this other thing because I just, I continue to feel like it's something's not right for me. So I listen to my intuition. So that's been something that I've been looking at in retrospect of how is it that, you know, I'm able to kind of show up now in the present as myself while also still being able to get, you know, professionalism done when it needs to be, but not feeling like, you know, I'm completely selling my soul because, you know, I mean, I'll be honest with you. When I first moved to Hawaii from Salt Lake City, Utah, obviously I'm a tattooed person. I had a lot of uh, judgment in Salt Lake City from the culture that's there. And just that way, uh, no, no issues with, you know, other people's cultures. I don't want to judge that, but I had uh, certain ways of thinking. And when I came to Hawaii, I almost had like PTSD from that. Like I was afraid that people were going to judge me based upon my looks and not take me seriously because that's what I had experienced before. So when I moved here, I started to wear like pastel pantsuits and I started to get some tattoos removed, like the most extreme side of like trying to figure out like how I could make it in this industry because I felt like that's what might be necessary. And then very quickly, probably about six months into my professional work, I realized that, you know, the people I was trying to please, pretty much super high-end Japanese clients were never going to be my clients. I don't speak Japanese. I was trying to learn it because I was going to do whatever it took. But then I just realized, like, I don't need those people's approval to be successful. And why am I even trying? Those aren't my people. Those are my people. They're going to work with someone that speaks Japanese fluently, is their person, is of their tribe. Why am I trying to get these clients that are really not going to be my people? So once I started to realize that, 
I started to shed that mindset that I needed to be this person in order to be successful. I started to be more my genuine self. And I found that obviously people really appreciated that. And I was able to connect deeper with people and they found, you know, interesting, quirky things that I'm into interesting. And that became, you know, where I started to feel more comfortable. And I will tell you that experience and and getting older, I realized that I am grateful for having those almost those tests that I gave myself. I was like, okay, here's a test. I'm going to like put this hat on and be this person and feeling and understanding how much I didn't like that. I was able to kind of get rid of it and continue to chisel away to try to be my authentic self, which I'm still very much working on, but I feel more confident now in my own skin than I ever really have before. So that's been kind of a little journey that I've been experiencing. That's so amazing. You touched upon so many things that that I want to go back on. Thank you so much for sharing your story. It just, it sounded like even underneath the the layers, you were very grounded or at least not very grounded, but tied to who you were and what you liked. And I think you were rooted in, I like the things that I like and I don't care. And you understood. I like that you said that when kind of you're going through these tests and in my mind, I see and I saw like a, a pendulum swinging right from one extreme to the the next of let me be, well, let me hide who I am and what I like to swinging it back to no, I'm just like, this is me in my full tatted authentic self. But then you understand that there is kind of this balance in the middle that you get to kind of swing back and forth in different circumstances and arenas. I want to go back to what you said about the appealing to the Japanese clients and realizing that they're not your client, they're not your audience. And so why am I trying to change myself to make them feel comfortable to appeal to them when they're not even really going to understand me or buy from me. The reason why I want to go back to that is because that was that kind of that idea was how this whole idea for this podcast came to be. A while ago, I was having a conversation with a friend and it started to turn into a heated conversation. One, because I I forgot that he had been drinking and then I wasn't. So I'm like, oh, okay. Well, there that was. I wasn't fully talking with someone that was entirely coherent and logical. But he was saying that he was trying to poke holes in a business idea that I had. And he's like, I know when my dad ran his business, he got an address that was in town in Honolulu. And if you see like all the corporate industries and all of the businesses, they all have Honolulu addresses. And my business would be based out of and appealing to clients that are here on the west side of Oahu. And he's like, I just know that people, they, the perception, and he literally used this term, he said, the perception of having your business based out of town, based out of Honolulu, you know, that's important to people. And I was like, that's not important to my people. 
that's not important to the audience and the people and the business owners whom I will be serving. And he couldn't, he couldn't grasp that. He couldn't understand that. And also I noticed he said, my dad, his dad is a baby boomer. <laughs> like, I was like, that's not my audience. That's not who I'm trying to appeal to. So that conversation kind of allowed for a bit of a spiral. And then I thought of you. So thank you so much for sharing that and sharing that basically the realization and how it is, it is, it's like a constant dance of going back and forth, but then there's the groundedness of knowing how you want to show up. Yeah. Well, and something I'm going to add to that, that I want to make very clear is that I am someone that has made in a way, a lot of mistakes. And I would say that, you know, a lot of people I look up to entrepreneurs, businessmen, whatever it is, people in the real world, they have made a lot of mistakes. And some people, the Instagram reality that we have don't like to show the dark side of life and all of the things that are out there. But, you know, this pendulum swing has also been contributed to making decisions that were not serving me. And I think something that I've learned the most out of all of this stuff is to make sure that I'm always checking in with myself and being self-aware of, is this good for me? Is this person good for me? Is this business partner good for me? Do I want to go this direction? Why would I do that? Asking these questions, why? And answering them yourself, just like you, like, why would I want to do a business in Honolulu? My people, I live West side. Why would I want to do that? Being introspective and not just taking what other people are saying and telling you, because there's so much noise in the world that's telling you to be this person, that, do this, wake up at this time, do this, do you have this, whatever it is. There's so many things that are being thrown at you. And some of these things work for other people. Some of these things don't. And what's going to work for you has to be a constant thing that you're asking yourself. And I'm sure you're, you are like me, where we are constantly evolving like most people. And we need to be constantly asking, is this serving me still? Is this the is this the direction I need to be? Are these the friends that I need to be around with? Who do I need to be around with to be in this place? Now, that's something that I have experienced a lot of. I have either been in the wrong places with the wrong people, and I was aware of it. I was able to be, to be aware that this was not going to go the direction that I wanted. I can't tell you where I'm going to finish in my life. I have a certain intuition and gut feeling and vision. I don't know all the ABCD dots that are going to get me there, but I have a feeling. And even in these past experiences, when I was off course, I knew I was like, this is not where I'm supposed to be. This is not the job I'm supposed to have. This is not the relationship I'm supposed to have. Why am I doing this? These are not the friends I'm supposed to be around with. Nothing's wrong with them, but it's not the right group. I need to be here. I need to be going this way. And I think the most important thing is that I've just always, been aware of these things, questioned what am I doing, and then recorrecting when was necessary. Because I have made a lot of mistakes, lost a lot of money, spent a lot of time doing the wrong things. And, you know, it really has been a culmination of those experiences, good and bad, that have led me to where I am now. And I mean, you know, where I am now on the positive note is I'm in, I mean, I'm in a much happier place than I could ever imagine myself to be in my life. I'm coming from somebody that was certain I would not live to see past 30. I was in a very dark place in my 20s. 
And it has been a long challenge of a bunch of different obstacles that I've had to come over. But I can tell you now, now that I've continued to make these corrections, it's almost like, you know, that saying, like when one door opens, another one, or one door closes, another opens and a window, whatever the hell, you know, the sayings are, it really has been like that. When I have made the right decisions for myself, I have had tremendous opportunities open to me. And I think it's because I was of the right mindset. I have made the right decisions. And whether it's the cosmos or just by chance, I have had these opportunities come out before me that I've been able to take and continue to try to make better decisions with. So that has been something that I can say that has helped me stay on a course of like self-discovery, if you will. Yeah. I love that. Can you tell me what does it feel like in your body? Where do you usually feel it when you know that, hey, this ain't it, this ain't it? So it's usually in like, and I don't know if it's a chakra, I don't know what it is, but it's right here in the throat and in the chest. It is 100. It's not like a gut, like it's not down below. It is right here in my throat and in my chest. And I will just have this like, I know I'm not doing I can even like try to sense it now. It's like a tension right about here almost in like the sternum center. But that's when I usually have this like feeling like, man, this is not the right thing. This is not the right, you know, situation or whatever. And I am pretty sensitive. I'm a sensitive person. Uh, you know, I know that we, you and I are pretty in tune with like emotional intelligence and those types of things and empathetic or what have you. And I think I just do to that, which gives a lot of anxiety. I don't let those things just slide. You know, I don't let those negative feelings like, oh, this isn't right. This isn't right. I don't let it just slide. I used to for a very long time, and we can talk about this in a little bit, but I used to mask that sensation by drinking. You know, I used to drink a lot to escape that feeling of like, oh, this isn't right. Well, you know, let's just case of the fuckets. I would just drink to kind of let it go and escape this like negative feeling, knowing I was in the wrong place. That was kind of my, an escape for me for a long time. It was never serving me properly, but that was how I was kind of coping with being in the wrong place when I couldn't get out of it at the right time. So I thought could have, but I didn't think I could. And I was masking like the, for a long time, basically, you know, something I I can say is that I was masking a lot of those feelings by escape, whatever form that that is for people. That was mine for a long time. And I have decided last year, it was August. I had tried in the beginning of the year, last year, 2022, but as of August, you know, I have been alcohol free and that has really been giving me a lot of time, so much more time to be up here and to be really thinking about what it is that I'm doing. Why am I doing this? Why am I behaving this way? And it has also helped me to be a little bit more on my toes in my business, Um, you know, but that has been something that too, for a very long time, I knew was not good for me. I knew for a long time, I've been someone that has been drinking since high school, you know, 14 years old and just getting ridiculously drunk and just doing stupid shit. And that kind of transformed into uh, something that I thought was okay when you're older, just to continue to do. And even having a glass of wine or whatever it was, felt like it was off for my body. I knew that it wasn't right. My sleep started to get messed up and all of these things. And that has been another dance that I've done and a decision I've made to stay on course with what, again, I feel is good for me personally. 
I am someone that needs exercise every single day for my mental health. And if I drink, I'm not going to work out in the morning, which is usually the only time I have to do that. And then it just spirals out of there. So being aware of what's good for me and what I need to be doing to get to where I want to be is a constant thing that I have to remind and tell myself. And it's not like I'm reminding myself now in a negative way. It's just like a friendly reminder, you know, if this is where you want to be, these are the things you have to do. And so it just becomes, you know, okay, I will do that then because that's where I want to go. And then now I don't have an issue um, not drinking at first. It was like, oh, like, how am I going to be? It's been something I've been doing for so long. It's a social thing. But now it's just, I'm so dedicated to it because I'm so dedicated to the trajectory. Again, don't know exactly where I'm going to end up, but I'm so dedicated to that and how good it makes me feel and how I no longer wake up with disappointment that that keeps me going every day. That alcohol example is the same thing with the work that I do and with staying true to myself. If I'm true to myself and I'm who I am and all of these good things, I wake up every day without regrets. And I think that that is incredibly important because I'm also someone who has had hundreds of regrets and hundreds of mornings of just like, why did I do that? Why am I doing this? Why am I still here? I wish I was here. I wish I was this. I wish I was that. I'm not feeling that as much as I used to because of these decisions that I'm making for myself, because I'm feeling more aligned for the first time in my life on the trajectory I should be on than ever before. And I think it's a culmination of a bunch of little decisions every single day that are helping me feel that way. I agree 100%. And one of the things, well, what I've heard you say a few times is I am the kind of person I'm the type of person, and that comes down to the core of your identity. And I think a lot of people don't understand that we make decisions from who we are, subconsciously and consciously. And you have that identity, you embody that identity of, I am the type of person who cares about my body. I am the type of person who shows up in this sort of way. So I think that's that's where you're absolutely winning is that, you know, it's not just I'm going to do this or make this decision. It's not just like an A plus B equals C kind of thing. It's actually, I don't even know where I was going with that (laughs) metaphor, but basically that, that, yeah, you are coming from a place of this is who I am and I'm going to show up in representation of who I am, not just because I want some superficial kind of response from somebody else. That's what I'm hearing. I'm curious though, what were some of the major life experiences that allowed you to question, you know, how you feel about other people's perceptions? Great question. And I have a lot of experiences that have kind of something I had touched on earlier, you know, I think that my childhood and my upbringing was something I had a good childhood. I'm not going to say that I had a terrible childhood. Um, I was relatively happy, but I had a lot of inner self-hate and I had a lot of sense of never feeling like I belonged, but I had a good upbringing. But at the same time, this like at a young age, feeling almost like an existential crisis as a child, who am I? What am I doing? Like, where do I belong? What is you know, what is my life going to look like? I had a lot of those questions at a young age. So I would say my my young childhood uh, was a contributor to that. 
with my mother leaving. And now I know that my father has Asperger's, but at the time I didn't. So it was kind of a difficult thing to navigate when I was young into high school where, you know, I was bullied, even though I was really trying to be myself. And at one point I found myself trying to like be a people pleaser to fit into a popular crowd. And I ended up getting bullied and I left that school. I decided to do homeschooling at that time. And that was really crazy because this was at when I was maybe 16, 17. This is in the prime of you trying to figure out who you are and those testing things and being around good friends or sports and all of that stuff. And I stepped out and did homeschooling and I had a lot of time to think by myself. I was really on my own for a long time and I didn't see a ton of people. And, uh, you know, I was in, I was in a darker place as, as a kid at that time. So I was really kind of sheltered in a sense on my own. And that's when I found this book, Pieces Every Step by Thich Nhat Hanh, who's a Buddhist monk. And that was on mindfulness. And I had kind of just started to ponder a lot of mindful being and practicing and just being centered and, you know, being kind of aware And I always liked philosophy. So I was reading a lot of philosophy at that time and just started to try to figure out who I was in a sense, was still very lost, but was trying to just stay centered. And, you know, my last senior year of high school, um, I decided to go, I went to a different school for like six months just to finish it off. And it was actually the best part of my high school experience because I had completely decided to be myself. 100%. I wouldn't give a fuck what anybody thought. New school, fresh start, right? So I showed up at this school and I had cut all my hair. I have this like short pixie cut. It was the 2000s, leave me alone. But I would never do that again. Sorry, I actually have one of those. I'll show you a high school picture one day. I had one of those. People thought I was a boy. Yeah. So, but I, you know, and I was my tomboy self in a way. And I was super artsy. And I had carried a briefcase that I had found for like $3. And that was my backpack. And I just didn't care. And I didn't care anymore. And it was so liberating. And I made great friends. I made my first best friend who I'm still close with today. Shout out to Emily. But, you know, she was my first friend. And I had made like an actual genuine connections with people, what I felt like for the first time. And, you know, of course, I got off course in my 20s yet again. But I was able to find good role models, which was my mentor, who I still have to this day. Her name is Mai. She really came into my life at a very dark phase in my early 20s. And she changed my life in a sense because she became the first role model that I had. I didn't have a role model with my mother. I didn't really have one with my father. And so she became someone that I greatly looked up to, uh, a woman who's um, you know, real estate developer, restaurateur, entrepreneur, built from the ground up, badass. And I was like, I want to be like that when I grow up. And that that person kind of shifted what was possible for me. I was like, oh my gosh, like there could be so much more. And that's when I started to read a lot of business books and I got involved into just trying to better myself. At the time I was working at a bar, her restaurant, you know, I was working doubles all day long, all night long. And in my free time, I was just trying to kind of learn all of these other things. So, you know, I had I had gone to college, but I had left it, gone to college for business and philosophy. And so I still had this like idea to be in business and somehow didn't know, didn't know anything about it, didn't really know much about entrepreneurialism at the time. But I was like, I want to do something more than this job that I'm at right now. And so I tried to build myself out of that. 
And by gaining this knowledge, by being around the right people, by trying things out, I invested in a bicycle company and, you know, I had horrible business partners. I had to do all of the work on my own. It was kind of traumatic on, on its own. But by having to be in this now position of bicycle business, I had to wear so many hats. Being a business owner, I had to do all of the marketing. I had to do all of the upfront sales. I did all of the website correspondence, business to business, never having done that before. I learned it on the job, learned it while I was reading all of these you know, books and podcasts, audiobooks, whatever it was, whatever I could do. And learning those things on the job really started to continue to be like, okay, well, this is kind of the direction I want to go. I know that I don't love this job forever. I don't love my business partners at all. How do I get out of this? Well, I don't know. And I knew that I had to move out of Salt Lake City, Utah, because again, listening to my intuition, I knew that place wasn't right for me. It's a beautiful place, but it's just not where I wanted to stay. I had to leave. And so, you know, Hawaii became the option because it was the state I was the most familiar with being as my, my family is from here. So I moved here, fresh start yet again, brand new job, real estate. Right when I landed, I got my, you know, I went to real estate school like a week or two later after I had landed and got my license right away and just dove into it on the job and was yet again, feeling like I had to start over in a sense of who I was, but I've always been able to come back to being this core person. You know, I've made mistakes. I had a horrible, very traumatic relationship that I was a part of that was serving me in some ways, but then it was just too much and very abusive. So I had to get out of that, you know, but at the same time, while I was in that horrible situation, I knew that I needed to better myself in order to get out of this properly. And I will say that I can say now, couldn't say then, I can say I've done that successfully. You know, when I was in the middle of something very, very dark, I sought help. I went to therapy. I thought the problem was me and whatever problems I did have, I wanted to fix. And so I did that. I went to therapy, certainly fixed, you know, what I thought were the problems and then realized that the problem was no longer, it wasn't me. It was this other person that I needed to shed. And so I did that. I got rid of these things, the things that are not serving me. I stayed true to what needed to be right for me. And no matter how difficult all of these challenges were, I've continued to just be true to myself. Although sometimes it took a little longer than I would have hoped, but I'm finally in a position now, presently, where I can tell you, I will not let anybody get in my way anymore. I've done that. I've let so many people take advantage of me in, in some other aspects, and I've let them do this. And I have gotten to the place now where even if someone is speaking to me in the wrong tone or whatever it is, no, sorry, gone. Like I will not put up with that any longer. It will no longer be a part of my life. And I'm going to create boundaries for myself because I didn't do that before. And I can tell you very much how that feels when you don't create these boundaries and you don't stay true to yourself. I can tell you how awful it feels. So now I never want to experience those things again. So how do I prevent that? And I wish I would have learned it sooner, but I know it very much now. I can tell you that. So what are some of the going off of that? What are some of the clues that that kind of pop up both in your exterior and interior of that you don't want to be in the situation that you're in? Great question. 
So I think you and I off offline have talked about tonality a lot. I'm a big fan of tonality and reading into what people say and, and you know, why are they saying these things this way? I've learned that from dealing with a really ridiculous narcissistic person. And what I've found from these experiences I've had is I try to figure out where people are coming from. What's their motive? Always. I'm always trying to figure out what's your motive. And that has been, you know, probably now it's a defense mechanism that I actually use as a strength because I think it's extremely important in business. But what I always try to pick up on is micro expressions, tonality, and motive. Why are they saying this? And why are they saying this this way? And then I position myself and my response according to try to figure out and dig deeper. I have gotten pretty good at at least studying. I wouldn't say I'm the best at implementing, but I've gotten very good at studying these types of things. And it's extremely interesting to me because it's almost like a survival mechanism as a human being, not just in business. Like These are things I've tried to be very tactful of and very cognitive of is expressions from others. And so if somebody is saying something a certain way and I'm feeling like this is, they're going to be coming at me in this angle, I try to just, I either move on or, you know, I, I deal with it in such a way, but I don't let people either gaslight me anymore. Forget that. And I think that's one of the most disgusting traits that people can have. Um, you know, so I'm very aware of gaslighting and manipulation and deception. I try to, you know, figure out where people are coming from very much with that. And I'd say other clues are just going to be even on like a good side, you know, let's talk about the positive things from people trying to see the good in people without being too oblivious. Right. Because I've always, I've tried to see the good in people and then you get walked all over or something like that. So how do you balance that though? How do you feel them as genuine? You know? And again, I think if you want to see if someone's genuine and real about something, you have to, in a way, test them, but I don't mean that negatively. You have to communicate with them to dig deeper and figure out who they really are. You have to ask questions. You have to be curious. If you're not curious and you're just going off your gut of like, yeah, this person's great or whatever, might not work out so well for you. But if you dig and you see and you continue to be proven that they are good or whatever, you know, then you're in the right direction and you can you can feel good about interacting with this person or going forward with this business decision, things like that. You know, I think the most important thing is being aware of those things and then being curious and always asking questions to yourself and to whomever you're dealing with to try to maybe expose if there's something deeper that's negative, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's kind of where I'm at as as a person because I am. I've always been very like not quite Pollyanna, but like happy-go-lucky and just wanting to see the best in everyone because I also think, and I wonder if this could be a defense mechanism as well, that I want to see and I choose to see the best in everyone because I want them to also try to see the best in me because we are, we are human, we make mistakes. But yes, there's so much strength in being intentional and being guarded in a way of your time, of your attention, and whom you choose to to give that to. So I think that's incredible. Juliet, I could talk with you all day. We do, actually. We do talk all the time. So thank you so much for your time. Is there anything, any last words that you 
might have for, you know, new real estate agents, entrepreneurs, small business owners on, on balancing perception and authenticity. So I did want to bring up this quote that I've thought of before we were doing this podcast. When you told me about it, I was like, okay, like this, this is something I had accidentally come across this quote as I was preparing for it. And I was like, this is pretty perfect. But I have a quote from Sigmund Freud, which is one day in retrospect, the years of struggle will strike you as the most beautiful. And that has been very impactful for me in my life. And I think that what is, if I could tell anybody who is maybe struggling with identity or being authentic in your workplace or whatever it is out of fear or just unknown, if you still don't know who you are to some aspect or whatever it is, I'm finding that, you know, life is really all about this, these corrections to make. But what's very important is that you find out who you are and that you don't give up who you are for other people. I have done that on so many occasions. I've given pieces away of myself to other people. And, you know, it's something that now I feel like I've gotten power back at where I never want to do that again. So that's why in the workplace, I am finding that, you know, by being my authentic self, which I have found, you know, the statements you tell yourself, I am an intelligent person. I am capable of getting things done. I am strong-willed. All of these I am statements that I tell myself, if I am this person, then I will be successful in whatever it is because I'm capable of that, you know, and it's just a matter of how you show up, the energy that you provide and what good you try to do while also remaining true to yourself. Because if you're not remaining true to yourself, then I know you're not going to be happy. And again, I know that from experience. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And friends, one last plug, actually, Juliet was the one who shared this incredible resource with me. She shared this book called The Things You Say When You Talk to Yourself. I think I only have less. Than, I listen to audiobooks, so I have like less than an hour left. And it is mind blasting. It seems so elementary, some of the things that he talks about in the research and whatnot. And, you know, it's not just about thinking positively. It's also really truly, truly stating and embodying who you are as a person and taking on the identity of a person who does this. I am the type of person who, you know, I do what I say and that I'm going to do. I show up as my full and authentic self. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, just, just on that and with like, you know, more final thoughts that I have and something that you touched on earlier, uh, we are kind of the habits, you know, that we do and all of that stuff. We are, those are all part of us. Right. But I, and I've in books that I'm sure you've read and all of that, the way that I think of myself, for example, like the workouts, the exercises, all of these things, these are part of who I am. It's the lifestyle that I have. I am a healthy person. I am someone that works out. I am someone that does this. Those are things that I have to tell myself all the time. Those I am statements. And I can very much tell you that I believe that it works because I have been doing this over the last, you know, probably five, eight years. I have been telling myself who I am, what type of person I am, and it has been able to really align myself with where I want to go. And I, I love that book. I think I also have only an hour left myself, but it has been so impactful because it is so real. It sounds so small and so minimal, but the things you really tell yourself 
as long as you're genuine, you know, you really can make such an impact on your life. Agreed. Well, thank you again for your time. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences and your knowledge and wisdom with our Seeds of Growth audience. I cannot wait to have you on the podcast again. Thanks so much, love. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. If this episode served you, please do me a small favor and head to your favorite podcast platform to rate and review the show. Your small act will play an exponential role in getting these powerful conversations out into the world. Be sure to connect with me on Instagram at at Pumehana Palmer and DM me with your insight and takeaways. See you next time. Aloha.